The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of Man, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Notice that Satan is quoting scripture here. That should be concerning. That should be concerning for us. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, all of these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the gospel, the good news of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The devil is crafty. He wants to lead you in the path of least resistance. He wants you to put yourself first because you deserve it. He wants you to narrowly focus just on you, just for today, and let the world take care of itself. Listen, the problems of this world are not yours. They're too big. It's too much. You do you. Take today and enjoy the distraction. The devil really likes shortcuts. He knows that shortcuts are the easiest way to get his message across. And he knows that Jesus isn't likely to listen to his shortcuts when he's in front of a bunch of people using his clever logic. So he waits until the time is right. He waits until Jesus is alone after fasting in the wilderness for 40 days, delirious in hunger. He's ready, Satan thinks. I'll take my chance. That devil is crafty. Jesus is fasting, and Satan encourages him just to eat something. You deserve it. It's so interesting to me how the words of Satan can come across as nice, as gentle, as helpful. After all, offering food to somebody is kind of the devil's go-to. In the first chapter of Satan's handiwork, we find two humans in a garden where Satan offers a fruit. The knowledge of all good and evil, a shortcut, a cheat code to wisdom that, of course, ends, out poor, ends up poorly for the first Adam and Eve. But unlike them, Jesus has willpower. He reminds Satan that in Deuteronomy 8, it says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. First attempt to knock Jesus off his path has been thwarted. So Satan tries again, this time on top 
of the temple in Jerusalem, apparently somebody gave Satan a key to the temple. If you are the son of man, he says, if you are trying to get Jesus on the defensive, trying to get under his skin, prove it, he says. Satan says, throw yourself down and the angels will attend you. As just as Jesus had spoken from Scripture, so now does Satan from Psalm 91. It says, on their hands they will bear you up so that you do not dash your foot against the stone. Y'all, the devil can quote Scripture. That should be a warning sign for us. That should be a reminder that just the ability to quote scripture does not mean you have aligned yourself with what is right or what is good or what is holy. The devil wields scripture like a weapon, like a sword cutting through the path that Jesus has laid out in front of him. But Jesus says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. The devil has saved the best for last, the ultimate shortcut. Listen, Jesus, he says. He takes him on a high mountain and he says, I can put you in charge of all of it. These humans are not worth it. They are fickle. They are easily swayed and I can control them. Just side with me and all this can be yours. Don't die for them. They're not worth it. They won't even appreciate it. They won't love you for it. So rule them instead. Take your place of power alongside me. Satan knows that unless he can talk Jesus out of it, Jesus is headed toward the cross and eventually victory and death. He knows that God is playing a much longer, much harder game with these humans. But it doesn't work. Jesus sends Satan away. Strike three. The devil was not given a foothold with Jesus. The scripture tells us that the devil will wait for a more opportune time. Listen, evil goes by many names. We can call it the devil. Some call it Satan. Some call it evil inside of us or sin or the selfish gene or the ego or decades of narcissism, or centuries of so-called exceptionalism, however you define evil, it is among us. The devil is real. It's tempting us. And in many cases, it's winning. The devil thrives in many instances in our society, like when humans are seen only for their labor. The devil thrives when that's not my problem can be heard in a boardroom. The devil thrives when we kick the can of debt down the road. The devil thrives when fear-mongering is, quote, good for business. The devil thrives on Twitter, on message boards, and in the comment sections. The devil thrives when there's no time for meditation or contemplation or prayer. There's only time for Candy Crush. The devil thrives in empty calories and in the fine print. 
The devil thrives when insurance companies don't pay out. The devil thrives when churches claim to be welcoming, but only long enough to indoctrinate you. The devil thrives when we feel good judging others without looking introspectively at ourselves. I hate to say it, but I think it's worth saying that if you study history, you might see the present moment we're living in as quite the crossroads. In too many areas, we are on a bad trajectory. Like when the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, that's a bad trajectory. When politicians become more brazen and less congenial, that's a bad trajectory. When folks claim that they won't accept election results even before an election's been had, that is a bad trajectory. When the planet is warming while our groceries come home in plastic bags, that is a bad trajectory. When warmongers are being stopped only indirectly, that is a bad trajectory. I think it's reasonable to name that the devil does indeed have a foothold in our society. The devil is tempting us, and in many cases, he's winning. So where's the good news, right? Like, that's what you expect me to do now, right? Give you some good news? Like, do you think I have good news in all this? Well, yeah, I I do. (laughs) When we are resolute in our convictions and in our values, and we have premeditated that we will stand up to evil when we find it, the devil does not win. When we treat each other with integrity and dignity as if you were me, the devil cannot win. When we confess not only with our lips that Jesus Christ is Lord, but in our actions, in our lives, in our dealings with others, the devil cannot win. When we look at the orphan and widow and we consider them beloved as, as God de- declares them beloved, that they are gifts from God, the devil cannot win. When the thoughts of power and domination appear too short-sighted, unreal, and unrealistic, the devil cannot win. In short, when people respond to the idleness of the promises of success by shortcuts with the words, away with you, Satan, the devil cannot win. Three times, Jesus renounces Satan. He gives us a roadmap to not let the devil win. And it should come as no surprise to you that earlier in this service, when Griffin was being baptized up here, three times we renounced Satan. Do you renounce the devil and all the forces that defy God? I renounce them. Do you renounce the powers of this world that rebel against God? I renounce them. Do you renounce the ways of sin that draw you from God? Say it with me. I renounce them. Jesus gives us a roadmap for renouncing Jesus or, or renouncing Satan. And it's not like Jesus 
just showed up that day. He was planning for this moment. He worked on the hard work of bringing values to society. He walked his walk so that when temptation came knocking, he was ready. He didn't treat this day in the wilderness like another time that someone was going to be caught off guard. No, he was ready for Satan before he showed up. And we must do the same. Jesus is our example. He shows us what a trustworthy leader does. A trustworthy leader always points back to their values. Satan shows us what an untrustworthy leader does. An untrustworthy leader always points us to shortcuts, to ease, and to distraction. The truth is, even in the case of Jesus, leaders are not born, they are made. Jesus did not show up unprepared to go toe-to-toe with the devil. He practiced saying no to evil in anticipation of the moment that is arising. We must also be vigilant, therefore, in our values of love, wisdom, and courage. We must encourage each other to stand up. We must encourage our politicians and our civic leaders to do the right thing. We must be the voice of Jesus in a wilderness that needs more voices of integrity. Because the devil is crafty. And the goodness in this world is too wonderful. The beauty of the creation is too lovely. And the innocence of the pure is too wonderful for us to let the devil gain even an inch. If we follow the road of Jesus to the cross, if we are willing to sacrifice comfort for what is right, and if we can get off the fence, which you know who owns that, and actively work for justice, then the devil can quote scripture all that he wants because he will know that he has already lost. Amen. Amen.